Okay. Praise the Lord. Oh. Oh. We, we covered, we've been covering, remember Luke is, like I say, it's totally, uh, uh, it's uh, all these books are historical. There's not one book that's not historical. I mean, I'll tell you, it's shoo-wee. But anyway, so in Luke, you got 24 chapters. And, uh, but anyway, you have uh, in chapters one and two here, you've got the birth of John the Baptist, Zechariah, the high priest, or what, not high priest, he's a priest. He's in there, you know, and he's, he's lighting candles. And all of a sudden, Gabriel, we hear an angel's name for the first time, you know, one named Gabriel there. And we hear Michael in the Old Testament, whatever. Uh, but anyway, so uh, in Daniel. But anyway, then all of a sudden you have uh, Mary in the same chapter. Mary's, uh, uh, the Gabriel, the angel, shows up to her and says, you're going to have a child. Of course, it's going to be Jesus. But anyway, along uh, about the fourth chapter here, you already have Jesus in the wilderness. He's been baptized and he's being tempted by Satan. And of course, he, he just knocks that one out of the park. And then it's just history. You got five, six, seven, eight, nine, and basically where we are right here, he is on his way to Jerusalem. And this time frame is, some people say it's three and a half years, but if you read through this, you know, I, it's a whole lot quicker than that. We're only seeing a, a small glimpse of him in a ministry here after he's baptized. Oh, I, frankly, I can't, I can't figure out where they get that three and a half years from. It's just, you ought to question what you've learned all your life. Why do you believe that? Why do you believe this? Why? So when you read it, it's like the book of Job. Book of Job didn't take forever. If you read it, you realize, ooh, that didn't take long at all. Yeah, it's not a lifetime. It happened pretty quick. <clears throat> Probably a two-week period, maybe. Could have been less than that. Oh, <clears throat> but the scholars say it's six months to a year and a half. But if you read that, you're like, they, they know way Job lasted. No, they sit on it. Job's sitting, on, sitting down, and he's scraping his scabs. What, for six months? I mean, I don't think so. It didn't last that long, you know. All right, here we go. So, but, so here we are. He's on his way to Jerusalem. We know that much. And we cover chapter 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and we're here. We're at 10 here, so we'll pick up. And in chapter 10 here, uh, again, it's just a historic line here. None of these stories are out of sequence. They're in total sequence, okay? It says, the Lord now. Notice there's a time frame. Now. Now, this is this is mythological story. No, he chose 70 other disciples, sent them on ahead in pairs to all the towns and villages he planned to visit. Now, I'm going to point out something. We already read that, wait a minute, there was 13. Because remember, he had, in the ninth chapter, uh, he called his 12. Say, so why do you think there's 19? Well, I believe it's in this chapter, but uh, oh, one of these guys, the disciples, they said, hey, we saw somebody casting out demons, and we told him to quit because he wasn't with us, you know. And let's see if it's right here. Just one second. We'll see. I'm looking in the, uh, oh, in the ninth chapter here. Let's see. Yeah, here it comes. Okay. They were arguing who was the greatest. This is the end of the ninth chapter. Uh, yeah, look at that. I thought it was just a select few. No. It's a select name, and it's a select God. It's Jesus. Look what he says. His disciple, John, that's the one that wrote John 3.16. He's the one that wrote Revelation. Boy, they came in some master. We saw someone using your name to cast out demons. Now, remember, Jesus called John and his brother the sons of what? Thunder. You know, anyway. And we told him not to. 
After all, he isn't in our group. <laughs> of course, Jesus, look what he said. He shouldn't have done that. Now, wait a minute. I thought Jesus just gave, nah, he gave power to all of us. That's the coolest thing about the Old Testament, too. Yeah, oh no, we think about eternal life, and yeah, we have eternal life, and there's some other greater things. There's greater blessings and greater promises, but I tell you what, the ones you need here in this life, you had in the Old Testament. You had them. Praise the Lord. All right, here we go. So, uh, let's go right on into the ninth, uh, tenth chapter. Now he chose 70 more, sent them on ahead in pairs. Uh, in the villages, he planned to visit later. These were his instructions. Plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out, there it is again, more. Well, we don't want to get this out of hand. We just need a couple of TV evangelists that have got the power. No, we don't. We need everybody. There's only some people that's going to ever listen. To, to, they'll listen to Janet, but they won't listen to nobody else. And if Janet can tell you, well, listen, before I go, I'm going to pray with you, and the Lord's going to make you well. And they'll believe it. They'll believe Janet. So I've known Janet all her life. How can she possibly believe this stuff? But it convinces them. Same thing with Paula and Laura. Anyways, here we go. Uh, to send out more laborers to help you. For the harvest is so plentiful and the workers are few. Do you see anything about us having to have the power? No, uh-uh. He just gives it to us. Go now. Remember, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. So don't think it's going to be pretty out there all the time. You're going to people be ugly to you. I remember that. Boy, shooey. As a young minister, they like to talk me out of it, except for I, had knew, too, I knew too much about my Bible for them to talk me out of it. Don't take any money with you or a beggar's bag or even an extra pair of shoes. Look at that about that beggar's bag. I'm in the ministry. Can you help me out? Jesus, you're out of your mind. How am I going to have any money? He just provides. It's amazing. Whenever you enter a home, give it your blessing. And if it's worthy of a blessing, the blessing will stand. If not, the blessing will return to you. I've had it up to here with this blessing stuff. What is this? It's such like fairy tales. Have a blessed day. It's true. Praise God. You know, why would we even bother saying good luck? You know, or, or good day or good morning. It's, it's all part of that. It's, it's just part of our creation that we've carried on ever since uh, God created the heavens and the earth. When you enter a village, don't shift around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking without question whatever's set before you. Boy, I'd knock out a bunch of them right there. Is that, is that gluten-free? <laughs> you talk about making mama mad, man. You don't you know, make somebody mad. Golly. Mm. I never forget, we actually did this. I was in high school, and I was in a singing group, and we had to spend the night somewhere, and the soundboard guy, I was the bass guitar player, the soundboard guy, he's hmm, David, I think is what his name was. No, Mike, Mike. Mike and I spent the night, and there was two Siamese cats in there, and they were weird. They, it looked like the ones on Disney. We are Siamese. And they came over on, we, had, we were on a fold-out couch, and we were spending the night there, and these cats came up, you know. And they were over us, and I was telling Mike, I said, they, we, we're not going to be a snack tonight, are we? <laughs> and I remember one of them cat hairs got in my eye, and it irritated. I had to go down the hall and wash my eye out, whatever. But anyway, don't shift around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking without question, whatever's set before you. And don't hesitate to accept hospitality. Look at that. For the workman is worthy of his wages. That's where the Lord said, they're going to take care of you. Now, look at this. Look at, I just, God. And notice this is, this is red, so it's like, though the words of Jesus, oh, well. The whole Bible is that way, really. But if a town welcomes you, follow these two rules. 
And you can see, based on what we've come through as a church in the United States, how far we've gotten away. We've, we've said, we've, we've agreed with, so some of them hasn't. We've agreed that we don't need to go to church if we got a pandemic and stuff. And Oh, my goodness. It's almost like, well, it's, either we have healing or we don't. So here we go. Number one rule, eat whatever's set before you. Look at that. Heal the sick. Well, wait a minute. I need to know whether or not it's the Lord's will. Listen, God has all people's lives time to, to work with people who have got sin in it. Don't worry about that. Well, I'm not going to heal you because I know a little bit about your life. You know. Now, pfft. God's way ahead of the game here. Look at that. Heal these sick. And as you heal them, say the kingdom of God is very near to you. Now, the book of Matthew has this in, it's actually the 10th chapter. And he says, he adds to it right here, he says, freely receive, freely give. So all this nonsense about, I can pray for Paula, but it won't work for me, is just unbelief. If I pray for Paula's healing, I got healing too. Don't ever think Jesus treats you different. Matter of fact, you need to get yourself fixed, and then you'll no doubt be so excited to pray for somebody else. We have all these ideas that somehow mysteriously God has changed his mind about my personal healing, that is so dumb. All right, here we go. If a town refuses you, go out into its streets and say, uh, we wipe the dust uh, of, of your town off our feet. Wow. As a public, testimony, uh, te- excuse me, public announcement of your doom, never forget how close you were to the kingdom of God. You mean we can get to, yes, the kingdom of God's right there. You're not going to earn it. Even wicked Sodom, look at this. Oh, Sodom, look at it. We'll be better off. Wait a minute. Remember, those people are living somewhere. Than such a city on the judgment day. See, that day hadn't come yet. What horrors await you, you cities of... Now, these are the current cities around Jerusalem where Jesus was at. Chorazin and Bethsaida. Look at that. For if the miracles I did for you had been done in the cities of Tyre and Sidon, which are fairy tales, the book of Genesis. See, Jesus, how Jesus quotes from Genesis. Their people would have sat in deep repentance long ago, clothed in sackcloth, throwing uh, dust over their face, I think that's what it is, throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. Yes, Tyre and Sidon will receive less punishment on judgment day than you. Well, if you're dead, you're dead. Apparently not. People are still living somewhere. And you people of Capernaum, that's another, that's, that's actually where Jesus, he, he was raised in Nazareth, but he moved to Capernaum. What shall I say about you? Will you be exalted to heaven? Nope, you'll be brought down to hell. Yee. Then he said to his disciples, uh, what did he say? Those who are welcoming you are welcoming me. Now that's just, you wonder what you can do for Jesus. It's like we read the other day, take a child. If you take a child, you're taking me. And if you're taking me, you're taking your father in heaven. Whoa. Those who welcome you are welcoming me. Those who reject you are rejecting me. So you ought to have some boldness thinking about that. I'm just going to tell them about Jesus. I don't care if, it, if they call me a turkey. I just, just do it because they're calling Jesus a turkey. He's standing right there with you. Mm. He actually said it won't be you that speaks. It's going to be the voice of your father anyway. So when the 70 return, now they've already come and gone. They joyfully reported See, it worked. Praise God. And we know it's more than 70 because Jesus just said, pray that there'd be more. And we saw one of them get in trouble with John. John said, you need to cut that out. Yes, he told them. I saw Satan 
fallen from heaven as a flash of lightning. That's how far the devil gets concerning God. Boom. Then he'll get nowhere. I have given you authority. Look at this. This is like Psalm 91 that, you know, Laura talks about all the time. But see, let's say Laura didn't come here anymore. Okay. Is that the last time we're ever going to hear Psalm 91? But see how quick you can lose the scriptures? You got to be reading this on your own. I'll never forget. I, I, just this week I was reading something and I just thought, I'm going to read me a psalm. And I thought, I'm 61. I'm going to read Psalm 61. Put your seatbelt on and look at this. Look at this. It's all the same. Psalm 61. Ain't but eight verses. Look at this. Oh God, listen to me. Hear my prayer. What a bold way to be. And Jesus said to act that way. Ask and it be given you. Seek and you shall find. For wherever I am, though far away at the ends of the earth. See, because you can start telling yourself, God don't even know I'm alive. No. I will cry to you for help. When my heart is faint and overwhelmed, lead me to the mighty towering rock of safety. Praise God. How often do you feel overwhelmed? Probably every day. For you are my refuge, a high tower where my enemies can never reach me. Look how bold that is. Psalm 61. Oh, it, it gets even better. Look at this. I shall live forever in your tabernacle. Oh, to be safe beneath the shelter of your wings. See, that's what Psalm 91 says. For you have heard my vows, O oh God. Look, what was the vow? Lord, I will praise you all the days of my life. Well, I can do that. Look at this. And you have given me the blessings you reserve for those who reference your name. So see, nobody else has any better blessings than I do. Look at, the, look at verse 6. I just can't believe it. Lack of a better way to say it. I believe it. Watch this. You will give me, and I love the Psalms because they're all so about you. Because you got to know the Lord will help you, and then you can tell the world. Yeah. He's got to help you. Look at this. You will give me added years of life. See, that's Psalm 91 right there. Long life. Look at that. As rich and full as those of many generations, all packed into one. Amen. Boy, you are, you are, man. I was ready to, you know, tackle anything after I was drinking my coffee eating, drinking, and soaking that up. Or, and look at this. And I shall live before the Lord forever. Oh, send your loving kindness to guard uh, truth, to guard and watch over me. And I'll praise your name continually, fulfilling my vow of praising you what? Basically, you say every day. Look at that. Each day. Praise God. Well, if you get out there and Google everything <laughs> and listen to the people like, uh, I was going to say Paul, but Phil was just talking about people that are just negative all the time. Yeah, I know. You, you'll become depressed in a hurry. All right, so here we go. Where do we get to? If you're welcoming those, you're All right, so here's a 70 returned already. Well, I won't know what happened. It happened just like they said. They joyfully, and they said, the demons even obey us. Okay, and he says, all right, I saw Satan fall as lightning. And what did he say? Yeah, I have given you authority. And that's never changed. Over all the power of the enemy. To walk among serpents and scorpions and to crush them. Look at that. Nothing shall injure you. Mercy. And you know what? This verse here is going to prove, I'll show you. Why this is true, look at this. Because he makes life, instead of going, ain't that exciting? You got power. Isn't that exciting? Jesus goes, however, the important thing is not that the demons obey you, but look, but that your names are written. In other words, you're my child. 
you belong to me. Whoa! Man, am I going to heaven? Yeah, you're going to heaven. Am I a child of God? Yeah, you're, going, you're a child of God. This is just background information. But, you know, we as whatever denomination you grew up as, I was Baptist, we, <laughs> we didn't believe we had any of that. We thought you're on your own if you experience trouble, you know, just to hope God will give you some mercy and get through it. Then, right then, because he saw what happened, he was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Wow, there's no joy. Oh, that's the reason we got the Bible so backwards. I praise you, O oh Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for hiding these things from the intellectuals and the worldly wise and for revealing them to those who are trust as, look at that, as trusting as little children. And that's what we're doing today. We're practicing. Lord, I just trust you. It don't look like I'm going to make it, but I'm trusting you. That's all he wants you to do. Whew. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Father, for that's the way you wanted it. Look at that. That's the way he wanted it. Man, I'm the agent of my father in everything. And no one really knows the Son except the Father, and no one really knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. All right, then turning to the twelve, he said quietly, how privileged you are to see what you have seen. Many a prophet and king of old. See, he just endorsed all that stuff in the Old Testament. Remember all those prophets, they start in Isaiah. Well, Jeremiah, Isaiah, all them after the book of Psalms. What are those books about? Remember, go to the first part of that book and read it. And he'll say, during the days of King so-and-so. It's nothing recent. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Many a king of old longed to see these days, to see and hear what you have seen and heard. One day, an expert on Moses' law, there's no such thing as Moses. Oh, 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 mercy. Yes, it is, too. They came to test Jesus' orthodoxy by asking him this question. Teacher, what does a man need to do to live forever in heaven? Ooh, that might be a good question. What does he say? What does Moses' law say about it? Well, he replied that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your strength. And with all your mind, you must love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Look what Jesus said. Right. Wow. He said, do this and you'll live. And of course, we still got to have Jesus, but like I say... That simple trust in Jesus. You wouldn't get there if it weren't for what you knew. Anyway, the man wanted to justify his lack of love for some kind of people. Oh, brother. Well, which neighbors? Well, you know where he's going with this. Jesus gave him an illustration, all right? A Jew was going on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, all righty, who was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and money. They beat him up and they left him lying half dead beside the road. By chance, a Jewish priest came along. And when he saw the man lying there, <laughs> he acted like he didn't see him. He crossed on the other side. Oh, man. I, I've been guilty of that. I don't have time to help these people. Well, I just ain't got time. Then a Jewish temple assistant. That's actually the note there is a Levite. Remember, you got priest and then you have Levites. They're all Levites, but okay. Aaron's descendants became priests, whatever. Well, he walked over and looked at him. But then he went on. Yeah, brother, you, you're, hmm. Yeah, but I just don't have time. Hmm. But a despised Samaritan. Now, what's a Samaritan? Well, remember when the kingdom split. After Solomon died, ten nations said, we don't want anything to do with Jerusalem anymore. And they built their own little kingdom. And their capital was in Samaria. Anyway, they worshipped those two cows. They were still Abraham's kids. 
Manasseh, Gilead, Gad, naming those tribes. Anyway, he came along and when he saw him, he felt deep pity. Kneeling beside him, the Samaritan soothed him. Do you know what? We have what's known in America as the, the Good Samaritan Law. I mentioned this the other day. We had to do a suicide prevention thing. You know, okay. So we had to listen to the briefing. Well, a lot of people were chiming in. And one guy said, you know, well, how far can we go to help? And I, of course, I was itching to say something anyway because we don't want but our The meeting was really fantastic. Just pay attention to everybody. Make sure nobody's, you know, like if, if Richard, well, you started seeing Richard thinks... He doesn't think much of his life anymore. Well, you want to make sure people are reaching out. Richard, are you okay? You know. Well, anyway, I, I chimed in finally. I knew they were waiting for me to chime in. And, and um, I said, I just want to mention this. I said, you know, in America, we've got in a lot of states, we have what's called a Good Samaritan Law. You're not going to get in trouble by talking. If you see somebody hurting or whatever, it's like we do with security. You see something, say something. Go talk to that person. I said, your bosses and stuff are not going to get mad at you. I said, you might save a life. And I said, besides that, all of us so-called professionals, that's not who somebody needs. They need somebody who's not a professional walking up and saying, hey, look, uh, you, you, you act like you're something bothering you. You okay? You know? And it just might be enough to say, they open up and they'll say, you know, hey, I got some problems. I just feel like killing myself, whatever. But anyway, why would you have in America something called the Good Samaritan Law See, like if you see somebody on the side of the raw and you give them or the Heimlich maneuver and something, the Good Samaritan law will protect you at these restaurants. I mean, come on, try something. Get behind them and <laughs> who knows? you got a law in Alabama, I know, called the Good Samaritan law. It works everywhere you're at. You're trying to help somebody's life. You're not going to get sued. But my point is, why, where'd that come from? Because historically we know this story. Kneeling beside him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with medicine, bandaged him. Then he took the man on his donkey and walked along beside him. Do you see how much time Jesus is wasting here on a story like this? No, he ain't wasting his time. Boy, he's telling us exactly what we need to be doing. He put the man on his donkey and walked along beside him. And we already know, remember, this guy was a businessman. He had to get busy, but he took time to do this. Wonder what the Lord did with his business. Oh, are you kidding? We know what the Lord did with his business. The Lord will take care of everything for you. Remember, he promised the Israelites, when you go up for the feast every year, all these feasts, don't worry about your property. Nobody's going to steal nothing. What a promise. But if we don't read the Bible, we wouldn't think that. We say, well, I, I just can't go to church. Man, I'm scared. We got, we got bandits in, loose in the neighborhood, and we got some people robbing houses. I think I'll just stay home and let Mama go to church. Nah, both y'all get in a car, and you trust the Lord. God will take care of everything. All right, here we go. Okay, so he came to the inn where he nursed him through the night. <coughs> this guy won't quit. The next day, he handed to the innkeeper two $20 bills, told him to take care of him, and if his bill runs higher, tough. No, that's not what he said. He said, I'll pay the difference next time I'm here. I'll never forget the first time I saw a guy who really gave. He didn't care about his money. I, 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 he didn't even go to my church. I just heard about him. <coughs> and he was just like... He wasn't handing out money, but you could tell by talking to him, he, was, he just gave. He knew to give. Mercy. Anyway, if his bill runs higher, okay, I'll pay the difference one minute. Now, look at Jesus. Now, which, <laughs> this is a no-brainer. Which one of these three would you say was a neighbor to the bandit's victim? Well, the man replied, the one who showed him some pity. Jesus said, yep, now you go do the same. As Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, <laughs> They came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed them in her home. This is Martha, Lazarus' uh, sister. 
And her sister Mary sat on the floor, listening to Jesus as he talked. <coughs> Watch this one. But Martha was jittery type, worried about the big dinner she was preparing. Well, anybody could say this is justifiable, but look at this. She came to Jesus and said, Sir, doesn't it seem unfair that, uh, to let, that you let my sister sit here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. Now watch Jesus' answer here. The Lord said to, Mar said to her, Martha, dear friend. The King James says Martha, Martha. Okay, He knew her. You are upset over all these details. Look at this. There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and I won't take it away from her. Oh, what did she do? What did she? It's, I'm telling you, it's like Phil has said in those stories. It's Jesus. It's just Jesus. All you need is Jesus. Don't worry about eternal life. Just worry about Jesus. I'm just trusting you, Jesus. I'm trusting Jesus. Anyway, Mary, I'm not going to take it away from her. Let me jump to one little verse here, and we'll come right back and catch one more, and we'll stop. Uh, John chapter 1, and it's about verse 12 here. Uh, but all who receive him, it's highlighted here. He gave the right to become children of God. All they needed to do was trust him to save them. That takes a little work, because I want to... I've been a bad boy. I'm going to do some penance. You can't do enough penance. Well, I'll just kill myself. Well, that ain't going to do you any good. And when you die, that's not going to, that doesn't guarantee you're going to heaven at all. Your death, is just, it's just the end of it. It's not like, well, you're going to die and then you can go to heaven. No, that's not enough either. Mercy. What is it? It's just trusting Jesus. All those who believe this are reborn. Not a physical rebirth resulting from human passion, but of the will of God. Okay, here we go. Now back to, uh, back to Luke here. We were at, uh, that was 10. All right, so boom, here we go. Once when Jesus was out praying, one of his disciples came to him as he finished and said, Lord, teach us a prayer to recite, just as John taught his disciples. This was the prayer he taught them. And I'll tell you what, this prayer, it's the Lord's prayer, but if you look at it, stop a minute, don't just recite it, look at each word and you'll go, Oh, my goodness, how could I have been so blind? Here we are. Father, may your name be honored for its holiness. Send your kingdom soon. In other words, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay. Give us our food day by day. Well, I don't want to tell God that. Well, no wonder you're in such trouble. The Lord is just like it was when you were in high school and even as we get older. If you don't treat your girlfriend right, she, don't, don't expect her to answer the phone. If you're going to ignore her, forget it. You know, same thing's true with boyfriends. It, you, treat, you treat that boyfriend, God's the same way. He's not going to listen to you. You keep telling him over and over again he won't do nothing for you. Fine, whatever. Go, go check out the children of Israel. That's what they did when they got them out of the promise, I mean, out of Egypt. Well, this is not any good. He won't help us. Well, mercy. He will. Same thing with friends. If it's, not, if it's not girlfriend or boyfriend, you treat your friends bad, you can forget it, you know. Look at this. Forgive us our sins. Well, I won't know what they are because, you know, God grades them. By... No, he doesn't. Forgive us our sins for we have forgiven those who have sinned against us and don't allow us to be tempted. Okay. All right. Then teaching his disciples more about prayer, he uses illustration. This here, this is just so not Baptist. It's just so not. Uh, uh, Jesus, am I reading the right book? 
See, I thought you just scattershot prayer. You don't, you don't really, you never know what's going to happen. Is that what he says? Suppose you went to a friend's house. Now get the time frame at midnight. Richard, what are you doing here? So it's already set up for failure. Wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. Oh, brother, come on, gee. You would shout up to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I ain't got nothing to feed him. Well, y'all just going to starve. That's just the way it goes. He would call down from his bedroom, please don't ask me. Now, remember, he's talking about prayer here. So here's your no. Well, if we just knew these things, and of course we do here, but he basically said no. Don't ask me to get up. The door's locked, and we're all in bed. I just can't. Look at that. I can't help you. Boy, when you read this story, you'd be like the woman that, uh, that was bleeding, and she came and touched the hem of his garment. She knew if she could touch his clothes, she's going to be whole. <sighs> but I'll tell you this. Now, who's talking? Jesus. See, this is that verily, verily. Though he won't do it. Look at this. As his friend. That is so cool. If you keep knocking long enough, oh, I got to shut this guy up. He will get up and give you everything you want just because of your persistence. Look at this. And so it is with prayer. Keep on asking and you'll keep on getting. Keep on looking, you'll keep on finding. This is that asking you'll find, seeking you shall, oh, I mean, asking you'll receive, seeking you'll find. Uh, knock and the door will be open. Look at that. Look at that word right there. How few of us believe that? Everyone. Everyone. Picking on Phil this morning, but that's why he was telling his daughter, you know, hey, look, you, you worried about your foot <laughs> in Colorado? I mean, you got some help, you know? I, yeah, you went all the way out there to go skiing, but praise God. Everyone who asks receives. All who seek find. Look at that. The door is open to everyone that knocks. Wow. And he says, you men who are fathers, if your boy asks for bread, do you give him a stone? I like to say change the request. Well, he really doesn't need a new car. He needs some trials. You need a car. Hang in there till you get your car. If he asks for a fish, do you give him a snake? If he asks for an egg, do you give him a scorpion? Now look what he says here. And even if you perfect people, you church people, no, he didn't say that. He called them sinful. Well, I thought that's what the showstopper was. Man, you cannot fix your own sin. We're just toast, except for like Mary. Mary sat at Jesus' feet, and that's all that was necessary. Here we go. Sinful people like yourself give children what they need. Don't you realize your Heavenly Father will do at least that much and give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Wow. Once when Jesus was casting out a demon from a man who couldn't speak, his voice returned to him. The crowd was, what happened? Excited, enthusiastic, but some said, well, no wonder he can cast them out. He gets his power from Satan. And if you let your mind stay away from the Bible, you'll be coming up with these things too. You'll just say, well, that Laura person is weird. She's probably a tarot card reader or whatever. It's not about Jesus. <laughs> you know, I know you used to, but I'm just, I'm just saying. But it's like it's something weird about them. I'm just going to stay away from them. I'm going to stay at my church where I just hear the pastor tell stories about his life. And I, I'm actually scared of that Bible. You wouldn't believe how some people are that way. They're not going to read that book. They're hoping they're going to get to heaven. And they, they, they do like Jesus, but they think Jesus is mad at them. 
And some of them go so far as they say, well, that's why they got Sister Mary. You know, Mary's the go-between. You've got to have another high priest. Mary in the Catholic Church is the go-between between Jesus because he's mad at you. And they don't even reference God. <clears throat> Whatever. Here we go. He gets his power from Satan, the king of demons. Uh, others ask for something to happen in the sky, prove his claim of being the Messiah. He knew the thoughts of them, and he said, any kingdom filled with civil war is doomed. So he just nailed it right there saying, you can forget it. I ain't working with the devil. So a home filled with argument and strife. Therefore, I say, uh, therefore, if, it, if what you say is true, Satan's fighting against himself by empowering me to cast out his demons. How can his kingdom survive? And if I'm empowered by Satan, oh, what about your own followers? For they cast out demons. Do you think that proves they're possessed by Satan? Ask them if you're right. But if I'm casting out demons by the power of God, it proves that the kingdom of God has arrived. And look what he goes on to say. For Satan, strong, fully armed, for when Satan, fully strong, strong and fully armed, guards his play, palace, is, it is safe. Until someone stronger and better armed attacks and overcomes him and strips him of his weapons and carries off his belongings. Yeah, that's Jesus and that's you because you're, in, you're, you're wrapped up with Jesus. Anyone who's not for me is against me. If he isn't helping me, he's hurting my cause. Well, what are you up to, Lord? Well, let's keep going. Watch this. When a demon's cast out of a man, it goes into desert, searching there for rest, but finding none, it returns to the person that left. That's the reason you got to stand. Don't take this stuff. All right, and finds its former home all swept and clean. Then it goes, gets seven more demons, eat more evil in itself, and they all enter the man. So the poor fellow is seven times worse off than he was before. As he was speaking, a woman in the crowd yelled out, God bless your mother and the womb which you came and the breast that you sucked. Okay, wow. He said, yeah, but even more blessed. Look at that. I hear the word of God and put it into practice. Wow. As the crowd pressed in upon him, he preached them this sermon. These are evil times with evil people. They keep asking for some strange happening in the skies to prove I'm the Messiah. Look at this. Look what he just endorsed here. But the only proof I will give them is a miracle like that of Jonah. Well, that couldn't be. I mean, come on. Somebody lived in a, come on, lived in a fish for three days. Well, you know, I was watching Popeye the Sailor one time, and Popeye got swallowed by a whale, you know. He built a fire in there. I mean, I, I believed it. I thought that was just the way it worked. You grew up reading about the Bible. Look who endorsed this. Anyway, I, I like this because I, I didn't catch it until I'd seen it in the King James, I mean, in the Living Bible. Here, look at this. Whose experiences, Now I heard this in some comedy, Christian comedy. You know, the guy shows up and he's, <laughs> he's got digestive crap all over him. You know? <laughs> and he tell, but he had to tell him. I would have told him. I wasn't coming. And God had a fish swallow me. And I lived for three days in a fish. But anyway, notice what happened. And you can read the book of Jonah yourself. It's real short. It is so short. One cup of coffee be gone by the time you finish it. He proved to the people of Nineveh that God sent him. My similar experience will prove that God sent me to these people. In other words, Jesus actually in Matthew, he says, As Jonah was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, so must the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. He said, that's the only miracle you're going to see. And that was people who who uh, were wanting proof. You and I, we're not looking for proof, and I, 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 I got to do this. But anyway, but look, this is us right here. We went to John 1. I'm back in John 1 again. Look at this. Look what he told Nathaniel. He says, here comes an honest man. You've heard this before. And Nathaniel says, well, how do you know who I'm like? And, and Jesus said, I saw you a little while ago underneath the fig tree. <gasps> 
He said, you're the son of God. Look what Jesus said. Do you believe all this just because I told you I had seen you on the fig tree? This is us leaving here this morning. Look at this. You will see greater proofs than this. You will even see the heavens opened and the angels of God coming back and forth to me, the Messiah. Just like I felt two weeks ago, I thought, and Laura said the same thing. I thought I was dying. <laughs> I'm going to the emergency room. You know, I, I, I started getting scared. I thought I can't swallow. I mean, I could, but it was painful. And I was sitting there saying, Lord, help, help, help. Praise God, I got through it. Glory to God. Okay, let's, let's wrap this up. So Luke, we're in Luke 11. Right in here somewhere. Okay, yeah. All right, so, uh, and notice he says this. This is Solomon, the book of Solomon, because that's where the Queen of Sheba came to see Solomon. And she was stunned at all of the wisdom of Solomon and also all of the wealth. At judgment day, the queen of Sheba shall arise and point her finger at this generation, condemning it. For she went a long way, a long hard way to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. But one far greater, who could that be? Jesus is here and few pay attention. Oh, but Mar Mary did. She wasn't going to cook no brownies. She, she can forget about dinner. I'm going to sit here and listen to Jesus. And remember, she was the first one to see Jesus after he was resurrected. The men of Nineveh, shall arise and condemn this nation for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. It's just sort of scary to realize that happened. Did it happen? I thought it was a fairy tale. Mm -mm. Jesus didn't think it was a fairy tale. No one lights a lamp and hides it. Instead, he puts it on a lampstand to give light to all that enter the room. Your eyes light up your inner, inward being. A pure eye lets sunshine in your soul. A lustful eye shuts out the light and plunges you into darkness. He's not talking about a sexual thing here. Good grief. He's talking about, you know, you, you, you could be a murderer and all you care about is destroying others. That's that where he's coming from with that lust. All right. Uh, so watch out that the sunshine isn't blocked, blotted out. If you're filled with light within, with, all, with no dark corners, then your face will be radiant too, as though a floodlight is beamed upon you. While he was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him to his home. Remember, these guys are supposed to be the best Christians everywhere. Oh, my goodness. Well, Jesus arrived, and he sat down to eat with outperforming, uh-oh, the ceremonial washing required by Jewish custom. Uh-oh. This greatly surprised the host. <laughs> I tell you, Jesus just cleaned his clock. You Pharisees wash, wash the outside, but inside you're still dirty, full of greed and wickedness. Oh, not me. And he called them fools. Didn't God make the inside of the, as well as the outside? Purity is best demonstrated by generosity. Boy, he's got our number on that one. Just like the Good Samaritan. All right, am I acting like the Good Samaritan or not here? <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to do what, he's, what that guy did. Look at this. Woe to, you, woe to you Pharisees, for though you are careful to tithe even the smallest part of your income, you completely forgot about justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but you should not leave the others undone. Woe to you Pharisees. Oh, he's grilling them. You love the seats and honor in the synagogue and respect and respect and the respectful greetings from everyone as you walk through the market. It was all about me. Yes, awesome judgments waiting for you. For you're like hidden graves in a field. Men go by you without knowledge of the corruption they're passing. Boy, he was nailing them on this because remember in the Old Testament this was unclean, unclean death and all unclean bones and stuff. He says your insides are that way. Sir, an expert in religious law who was standing there, you have insulted my profession. 
too in what you just said. <laughs> Jesus said, yep, the same horrors await you. For you crush men beneath impossible religious demands. And see, we do that to ourselves too. You got to stop all that. You couldn't earn it if you wanted it to. You demand others uh, that you yourselves would never think of trying to do. Woe to you, for you are exactly like your ancestors who killed the prophets long ago. Murderers. You agree with your fathers that what they did was right. You would have done the same yourselves. Mercy, Jesus. Be nice. Nope. We're done here. This is exactly what God says about you. I'll send prophets and apostles to you. You'll kill some of them and chase others away. Yeah, remember they tried to throw Jesus off a cliff in the fourth chapter here. Just seven chapters prior to this. And, and you of this generation will be held for the murder of God's servants. Now look at this phrase. Where's evolution at? It ain't there. It's just like that chart back there. That chart's the timetable. I mean, we got, we got to just punt Jesus here. He's just something. He, this was just a good guy. He's dead. What? No. What was the year 2022 now? In some technical writings, when they say that 2000, oh, let's see, February 20th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Where'd that come from? That's because that's what they're dating by. Something happened when this man was here. Anyway, from the murder of Abel, Abel, who's that? Adam and Eve, her first child was called Cain, meaning I have created. And then her second child was Abel. <gasps> The murder of Abel, let's see, yeah, excuse me. From the, look at this, from the founding of the world. And then he named it. We have record of that. From the murder of Abel to the murder of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. And you can read that story and, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure where that is. It's, uh, oh. Anyway, yes, it'll certainly be charged against you. Woe to you experts of religion. Well, wait a minute. Why is he picking on them? But look what they were doing. You hide the truth from the people. And you won't accept it yourselves. And you prevent others from having a chance to believe it. The Pharisees and the legal experts <laughs> were furious. Yeah. This is what led them to crucify him. From that time on, they plied with fiercely, I mean, they plied him fiercely with a host of questions, trying to trap him into saying something for which they could have him arrested. And that, that was one of the praise reports that was in their face. They never could. They never could. Mm -mm. Oh, that, anyway, that's the end of that. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you looking back at history and seeing what Jesus did in this little snippet of time. Praise God, you sent your disciples out to heal people. So, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, thank you for your mercy and your help. You'll take care of our bodies. And Lord, same thing's true financially. You said don't let those guys go and take any money with them. You, they'd, get, they'd, get, they'd get paid. So we'll get paid today, whatever it is. And so, Father, that doesn't leave anything left. Also, if there's any other problem, great, small, or whatever, you'll fix it. So that doesn't leave anything left but for us to take notes and tell others what you've done in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Yeah, amen. Praise God.